Hello, welcome to the Cool Guys Club. I am the terrible host, Austin. Today I have with me Nick. Hello. Keenan. What's up? And Leslie. Hey. Uh, today we will open up with talking about uh, Princess Mononoke and uh, popular or overrated anime movies. Aren't you forgetting a couple so, topics? Oh, well, this was just to open up. Okay. What, do you want me to list all the topics now? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Today we will be discussing Princess Mononoke, popular and overrated anime movies, as well as Angel's Egg and Gundam War in the Pocket. Uh, was that better for you, yes, Nick? Yes, it was. Okay, Nick, what was your thoughts about Princess Mononoke? I think it's amazing when you compare it to, like, Nausicaa. His first work, which also has a lot of uh, Miyazaki's first work, which also has a lot of um, environmental themes, because these movies are like ten years apart, and you can definitely tell the difference in how he kind of used how the humans impact the environment. Because in Nasca, it's more of him saying that he wants, he thinks we can fix this, and then Mononoke, it's humans need to get off this fucking planet and die. The animals are taking over. At least that's how I view it, because a lot of times in Mononoke, you see humans cause problems with the, the environment, like, purposely. And it, I think he metaphors early on, like, early on there's a part where he is fighting, the main character meets a boar that's cursed, and he ends up getting cursed for just, just because he's a human, basically. And you can see, like, I think it was like an omen for him that something bad was going to happen to the animals later on, because... Humans are trying to wipe out all the animals around the area. Yeah, I think it does really well with the environmental themes, and it's it's beautiful to look at like any other Ghibli movie. And I guess that's about it. Okay. <laughs> Did you want to add anything, Leslie? Um, well, I've seen Princess Mononoke three times. And always in a group where people were, like, talking over the movie. So, okay. I've seen it. I know, like, the plot, but I haven't had time to emotionally process it. Or, like, the opportunity to really take it in. Um, From yeah. what I know and, like, what I remember. Like, yes, it's an environmental message. Um, I think it's good. I only... I mainly remember the first half <laughs> where the animation is like stellar. Um not that the animation is stellar in the second half, but yeah, I just I sh probably shouldn't be the uh person to expert on Mononoke, the person to rely on for their opinion. Princess Mononoke. Mononoke the anime TV series is great. But that's not what we're talking about. Yeah. Still gotta watch that. It's great. Trust so, me. The, what about you, Ken? Have you seen Mononoke? Um, the show I have not seen, but 
Princess Mononoke I have. And it has been a while, but I think one of the bigger, like, I just remember a lot of, like, the imagery when it came to, like, um, I don't know if they were, like, in, I don't know if I should call it, like, infected or some stuff like that, but it was just, it was, like, really unnerving, especially the boar, like, towards the beginning. And the boar was dying, that was horrifying. Yeah. Spectacular animation, though. That's what I think of. Because I think they used CGI at that point, too, and it really didn't look like CGI. So it's very impressive, like, how they made it look. Like how like the cur- like the curse on the on the boar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very disturbing. You're weird. <laughs> You're weird. <laughs> well, it's been a while. I meant to watch Princess Mononoke today, but I got caught up playing Hades. <laughs> Nice. Nick, should I let you do the thing you wanted to do? Alright, our next topic is going to be um, anime, anime movies you think is overrated. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with a big one because it's probably one of the reasons why people got into anime in the West in the late 80s, early 90s. And that will be Akira. <gasps> Heresy. <laughs> Now I'm not talking. this man. I'm not talking about the animation because I have nothing to complain about the animation. But um, he just wants to be Giga 2.0. <laughs> but Akira is based off a manga that was incomplete at the time. I'm also going to compare this to Nausicaa because I have a reason. Because Nausicaa was also based off a manga incomplete at the time, where both Nausicaa and Akira, the director, the manga, the yeah, the ones who created the manga directed the movie. So Miyazaki created Nausicaa, Otomo created Akira. Except one of them was actually able to pull things together at the end, and the other one just did whatever the fuck they felt like doing. Because Akira, like, towards the second half, doesn't feel, like, as complete. Like, the, the plot threads, like, I felt like were a lot weaker. Definitely compared to the manga, because it's the manga, so they had, he had a lot more time to develop it, but I feel like he wasn't ready... He didn't really know how to structure the second half of Akira, and I think that really brought it down. Because the first half's amazing. The first half of the movie Akira, I can't complain about it. Falling the, it did a really good job at adapting the manga material, but when they had time to come, where he didn't decided he has, still has to make this movie like in two and a half hours. I felt like it kind of hit the low ball towards the end, or just that second half in, in general is a lot weaker. And I don't feel like Nausicaa has this issue. I think the manga for Nausicaa is still better than the movie, but I don't think the movie has an issue where in the second half, Miyazaki wasn't able to pull through on it. I think all of Nausicaa was amazing. And that's one of them. Is any? I don't know if any of you have feelings like this with Miyazaki, or I'm just like the, lone, the loner who dislikes I, Akira. Um, <laughs> okay, so for me... Uh, I feel like the plot itself, take in mind that I haven't, like, seen this anime movie for, like, a few years, but I feel like the plot itself, especially, like, in the middle, uh, towards the end, like, it just kind of feels, like, squished, but also, like, not quite up to par, if that makes sense. Like, 
that being said, because of how good the animation is and how like essential the anime has become, how influential the anime has become, uh, I think it should be still considered like enough of a classic to be like a must watch if you're trying to really get into anime. Yeah, I definitely feel like everyone should at least watch Akira, especially if you are into animation or want to look. Because they do a lot with the animation. I just... Like, I still like Akira. Like, it's it's another one where I'm going to talk about the next movie I want to talk about, where it's a movie I really like, but I also feel like people talk way too much about it. But until we get to that point, I feel like with Akira, like, everyone should watch Akira. It's, like, one of the anime classics. It's, like, watching Dragon Ball, you should at least try Dragon Ball. Like, you absolutely should at least try Akira, especially if you're into sci-fi. Yeah. Just even just for the knowledge of how influential it is, like oh yeah. oh I can see how this thing was influenced by Akira and like have a better understanding of the timeline of animation and what influenced what. Yeah, because at the time people didn't realize like how impressive like the amount of layers they put into the Akira animation, like how the city looked in like that first the first four minutes, where they're doing like the bike chase. And it, yeah. it flashes by to the point where they're showing the ho- the city and how many layers the city had in that just like that frame. It was ridiculous, especially because this came out in like 1989, I think. Yeah, yeah. that's re- that was really impressive for that time. Like I don't th- yeah, I don't think any like at least anime w- did that to that ex- to that extent. And to my knowledge, they didn't really use computers, so it was on the cells. Yeah. Which yeah. is a pain in the ass. Yeah. But they did it. And it's great. Yeah, they did. It's definitely a spectacle, but the story could use improving. Definitely. Yeah. Has Keenan seen Akira? Yeah, I saw it a few months ago, and, like, I think... At a certain point in the movie, I just kind of, like, I'm not going to say stopped thinking about it, but there was a point where I kind of checked out a little bit. It was, like, I want to say a little bit after the midway point. I'm not even 100% sure why I checked out a little bit, but especially at the end with, like, when he like turns into the giant baby pretty much like <laughs> I kind of didn't know what was happening. <laughs> yeah. My mind was still kind of like trying to Yeah, it just looked cool where he was like with his gray hair just like destroying everything. Yeah. And, like all the like like all the pieces of like machinery were like wrapping around his arm. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what was happening. I just thought it looked cool. That's at least how I would envision it. Because I don't think the movie goes too far into the why Tetsuo was able to do that. Like, we knew he was, like, crazy, and he was, like, I guess, like, not, he's not, like, really human. He's, like, an experiment. Like, because there wasn't just him that did was able to do that, just not to that extreme with him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, our next, the next we wanted to discuss is the Ghibli movie called uh, Spirited Away. I was going to talk about this a little bit, but go ahead. Okay, so whenever people mention Ghibli, what is the first one you think comes to mind to most people? Porco Rosso? No. 
<laughs> to- Totoro. It's literally on their uh, what's it called? Their icon. Look. Totoro. Their logo. Logo. It's that's really weird because like, I think if you show somebody like the Ghibli logo, they might not know what it is. But if you show somebody a like a poster spirited away without the title, they'll know what it is like instantly. Because I feel like, yeah. be like, oh, I saw that on Tsunami as a kid. Because I feel like at least in the West, like the one you associate most with would be uh, Spirited Away, because that's the one everyone remembers. They remember the pigs, like the their his her parents turning into pigs, eating that delicious food because they're gluttons. They remember the dragon. You remember the old lady, the dude with the long ass fingers and the black fucking things in his freaking engineer room or whatever you want to call it. Like I think Spirit Away is an amazing movie, but I hate that the people think this is the best Ghibli movie. I mean, obviously it's their opinion and they, they haven't seen us seen the rest or they have nostalgia for it, but I feel like there's a lot better ones. And they just never got the recognition that Spirit Away had. Mm. Well, I mean, I've seen a lot of Ghibli movies. Like Like it's and I still least. think Spirited Away is probably the best. Maybe not, like, in the plot sense, but, like, in the way the uh, plot versus characters versus aesthetic, including the sound and animation, come together. I think it's more coherent. Like, the plot itself isn't the most well-defined plot, but the way everything comes together just synergizes, in my opinion. Yeah, I can see that. Like, it's Spirit Away is still a movie where if someone asks me if I want to watch Spirit Away, I'm not going to say no. But I felt like, like, there's certain movies like Grave of the Fireflies, um, the, the Bamboo Fireflies one. Is sad. I know, but it's better. <laughs> bam, bam, the Bamboo one that um, Takahata did. The uh, my th- Princess Kaguya? Yeah, I couldn't remember the actual name. Um... I think Wish to the Heart was better, which that kind of makes sense because he, um, that was supposed to be Miyazaki's successor, but unfortunately he ended up passing away to, due to overworkage at Ghibli. <laughs> That's kind of ironic, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of sad because Wish to the Heart's amazing. And, um, he, it was. Miyazaki even made like a spinoff movie for it, which was The Cat Returns, which yeah. is also amazing. Whisper of the Heart is great. Yeah. I think, I mean, I will say this with Spirited Away, I am very biased towards that aesthetic. Like, the setting is beautiful. Yeah. And it's not very common. Because I love how, like, they start out, I like how they start out from, like, a forest. Yeah. And they start getting into the place, and it's like, oh, God. Oh, God. This is disgusting looking, but it's beautiful at the same time. Then it goes into like a typical Japanese aesthetic. Yeah. Just yeah. until they go inside the places, yeah. then it's like, oh god, get me out of here. <laughs> I will say, like, even just across the board, it seems like a lot of Miyazaki's films just have this like cozy aesthetic. Even when it's horrifying, it's just like horrifyingly cozy. Cozily <laughs> horrifying. Like that poor. It's just enough cozy to <laughs> let you sleep at night. That's not yeah. a setting, though. <laughs> yeah, but look at like dude, look at like Nazca. That place is horrifying. Yeah, those insects are horrifying. Not not to talk about the destructive power, just they look horrifying. 
they look like they're from like a how do I describe it? Uh a Lovecraft novel. That's how I feel about the insects in Nausicaa. Oh. <laughs> okay. Maybe I'm just th- well, I am thinking of Spirited Away, Whisper of the Heart, those things, but yeah, some of them are horrifying, but I I, I st- do agree. Well, I do say I am of the opinion that a lot of his movies are like cozy. They are. Like I love how in Hell's just a moving castle. It looks hype. Up. It looks awesome outside. It yeah. kind of looks weird outside, but look, it looks cool and it looks all cozy inside. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Austin. So Austin wanted to mention wolf children. No, I was joking. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I hope I would not have to. Thank God. I I haven't seen it. That's the joke. I thought you were gonna call me out on it, Nick. <laughs> we lose all four of our fans. <laughs> I mean... Wait a minute. There's four of us. Is that a coincidence? <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you decide. <laughs> I mean, I've seen Wolf Children. I like it. I think it was more boring to me. I guess. Maybe I was just crazy back then, but that's kind of yeah. how it felt about Summer Wars. Just... Then again, I've I've seen Summer Wars like eight times, so I think over the amount of times I've seen it, I got really bored of watching it. Yeah, I've yeah. only seen Wolf Children once, haven't. so yeah. <laughs> and if it's boring me on the first time, I will say though, it is really wholesome, and I do think people ah. should check it out, especially if you're into the idea of kids. Yeah. Like that and Boy and the Beast are so wholesome. Yeah, I think Boy and the I really Beast. like the Boy. And I the think Beast. Boy and the Beast is slightly better though. I still well, need to watch Boy and the Beast. Same. Just have so much stuff on my back burner. I think I've only seen yeah. two of Osoto's films, and the one I prefer is Girl Who Leapt Through Time. So. That was a really oh, good one. Like, I love the girl who leapt through time. Yep, I love that too. I went in actually thinking I wasn't going to like it, and I was pleasantly surprised. Good, yeah. you should be. It is. Although his his best movie is Digimon 2000, just, just saying. <laughs> which is, I, which I is, cannot argue with that. Which is two of Japanese movies combined to one for the English release. <laughs> So is there, any- there is one movie I want to mention. I don't, I don't remember exactly what it was. So it's a, a really popular '90s one that got a TV show afterwards. Nick, oh, it God. was like oh Ninja Scroll, right? Was that yes, it? Yes, oh, yeah. Why did you have to pick this one? Because I thought it was, I thought it was kind of dumb. I didn't. Come on, it's I, just, it's just, I didn't it's understand just people the hype. killing each other. <laughs> I know, and I thought it would actually be better than that. They killed fifty people within the first twenty minutes. I counted. <laughs> really? I lost count after that. Yeah. I remember I watched it because I was bored, and I was like, "This doesn't scratch the itch I was looking for." <laughs> Yeah, if you, uh, I saw that like literally last month. If you're looking for something super gruesome and kind of gross, uh, Ninja Scroll, definitely check it out. 
if you're more looking for a good samurai film, go just straight to uh, Sword of the Stranger. I knew you were going to say that, and I was going to agree with you. <laughs> good. <laughs> that movie is beautiful, too. Yeah. Maybe I'll check that one out later. It bones it. It's really good. Uh, any other movies you guys want to mention? I need to mention one Gundam movie because I hate this movie with a burning passion. Okay. Char's Counterattack. Okay, so... Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, to explain this, um, in the original Gundam, there's a timeline, and this is supposed to be the big, like, finale between the main characters in the first Gundam, and the movie didn't focus on them until the last half hour of the movie. And introduced this character named Quest, which I want to, like, burn... Because she is the most annoying Gundam character I've ever seen in my life. And she, I don't know what the creator was thinking putting that girl in there. Because she was awful. And she ruined the whole movie for me. Animation was did good Tomino... though. Yes, Tomino did it. Instead, <laughs> instead of freaking... <laughs> he did this while he was doing ZZ. And ZZ Gundam's... I don't want to talk about it. It's bad. <laughs> ZZ Gundam isn't horrible, though. I think it just gets a Listen, bad rap. he decided that Zeta Gundam was too depressing and decided to make the first half of the next Gundam entry a comedy series. And then switches to being depressing. At the end. <laughs> so it's like a little bow tie. It's, it's terrible. And the animation's somehow worse than, the, than Zeta. I don't understand that because it came out later, and by the same studio. I don't get it. We had... It was probably keyframes. Yeah. If they had worse keyframes to work with. But yeah, then, I don't know. Then Char's a counterattack towards the end. It's all friendshipy because Char decides to um, drop a um, basically in Gundam in the original timeline they have these things called um, I can't remember what they're called but Colonies. Yeah, colonies. That they, it's basically just where people live in space because the whole idea is Gundams are trying to migrate from Earth out of Earth because we're, we're ruining Earth and he decides to drop one on Earth by using nukes and they use a bunch of like bullshit powers to stop it where these green lights just showed up out of nowhere to stop this thing from impacting with Earth and I hate it. To be fair... It made no sense. I... I I will say that like Gundam always has like the dumb sappy like friendship at the last minute superpower thing because like the original one had it. I'm pretty sure the girl's name was like L Lulu or something like that. Lala. Lala that I look at that. I I was really close. And then did Zeta have that? Maybe Zeta didn't have it. Um, no, no, no. Zeta Zeta had Super Saiyan Zeta Gundam. Okay. Where the guy was, where the main, the, the, the guy at the end of the, at the end of the series was sucking the main character's life out using his like powers. Cause in Gundam, they have this new type thing where people in space develop like a, another sense. And for some reason, this guy can suck your soul out. And he somehow turned Super Saiyan to stop this guy before Dragon Ball Z existed. <laughs> Dragon Ball copied Zeta Gundam? And then he freaking <laughs> impaled him. Oh. <laughs> well, that escalated quickly. Yeah, Gundam's kind of wild. Yeah, <laughs> but um, there's this one Gundam series called G Gundam where they basically took a bunch of countries and they all had to like have this big robot fight in a tournament. And um, 
Mexico is just called a tequila gun. Yes. Of course. And he, and he wears a sombrero. So, to sell you guys on G Gundam, for you listening on the repeat or whatever, I don't know what, what it's called when you listen on the podcast, whatever. But anyway, it is pretty much like Battle Royale or Hunger Games, but with mechs. And it is a 10 out of 10 for me. It is not realistic, though. It's, uh, what is it, Super Robots? Is that the genre? Yeah. 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 Because that's what came up before Gundam, because Gundam created the real robot genre, which was supposed to be more realistic. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Tomino looked at that, and he was like, hold on, I tried to prevent this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he didn't make that one. That was one of the you know, one of the ones in the second time. No, I know, but he he probably had to see it eventually, and he was like, what the hell? Yeah. Like, I did not want this. <laughs> get, this shit, get this shit out of here. I think we can move on to our next topic, unless any of you guys have any overrated movies you want to discuss. Speaking of Super Saiyans, and... Oh, God. Oh, God. I don't know. I was going to say bullshit power-ups, but I think that, um... I don't know if it really counts, but the original Broly movie is actually oh, really God. bad. Like... I mean, they're all bad. <laughs> not... <laughs> Bio Broly's like Bio Broly's like a one out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes to the original Broly, like it's just why did so many people like the character besides the cool fight scene? Like his... I don't think they actually like the character because this is his character, Kakarot. Yeah, that that's his character. It's just and he gets like... controlled. That's literally him. It's just, like, coincidence, the movie, too, because, like, oh, he's angry because Goku, like, the most random Saiyan possible, was next to him crying. Yeah, when they were kids, and he had, like, <laughs> no power level, and Broly had, like, what, 2,000 or something? <laughs> like, 10,000 as a baby. <laughs> Which is insane, because, like, the average Saiyan had, like, 10 when they were a baby. But I think that I think the Super Broly movies are a thousand times better than any other Broly movie. Yeah, me too. Um, and I don't give a shit about Super, but that Broly movie is really good. Yeah, same. Also, I noticed with Dragon Ball Z movies is they have a habit of putting Disturbed in the movies. <laughs> like there are several of them that I know have Disturbed. Like Broly movie has Disturbed. I know the cooler movies have Disturbed. It's like Jesus Christ. Like the band Disturbed. Like, did no one else want to? Yeah, did no one else want to put dis- any other band besides Disturbed in the Dragon Ball Z movies? <laughs> it's because Disturbed was popular and they needed a Western audience for some reason. Yeah, they need it down with the sickness while Broly destroys things. <laughs> that just sounds like an AMV. <laughs> it, they actually made their own. Like in in like the menu send, you can get like a music video where they use the, the footage from the <laughs> fucking show with the song playing. Somebody got paid to make an AMV. What is this? <laughs> Somebody got paid to make an hour and a half long AMV, basically. <laughs> So, well, uh, any other movies? 
Oh, yeah, and just real quick, uh, the way they defeat Broly is kind of dumb, too, because, like, they all give Goku, like, their energy and stuff, and, like, that's cool, but, like, how did he get so much stronger to where he just one-hits him? Like, it made no sense. I mean, it's the, same, it's the same shit with the second one where they did the father-son Kamehameha, when Goku was dead. I can live with that more than... <laughs> <laughs> Somewhat slightly almost more than yeah. the original. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean I think most of the Dragon Ball Z movies are like just fan service anyway. So I didn't really care for much of them. The Dragon yeah. Ball G two movie I really like though. I really like the no, ones actually... that have like um like the Again, like group of henchmen that have like clearly defined powers and personalities, and then the big boss, like so. I think Pilaf and his gang. is one of the better movies, even though it's just oh, kind yeah. of Frieza again. <laughs> yeah, or um, I like the f- the fourth Dragon Ball movie because they basically like recapped the first half of Dragon Ball, and I think they did a really good job with it because. Like, I can actually just show that people that movie and say, here, you, you can. this is how Dragon Ball was, and it's a pretty good representation of how Dragon Ball was. Oh, that was Path to Power, right? Yeah. Yeah, Path to Power was really good. Aider's my favorite. Didn't it have, like, that... GT Goku clothes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I really like the GT movie, and I actually think that actually had prominent themes about bullying in it, which is surprising for... A Dragon Ball movie to put some emphasis towards themes in it, like that. Yeah. I didn't really. I think the GT Dragon Ball movie was better than GT itself. So yeah, that, that's not saying much. Because GT sucks. I thought the movie was pretty solid too. Yeah. Uh, so, um, Leslie. Yes. Did you have anything to add yeah. for like a? Yeah. Finally. Okay. Uh. <laughs> The movie I think is overrated is freaking Kimi no Susan Otabatai or I Want to Eat Your Pancreas. <sighs> Have you guys seen it? I forgot about that. I was going to watch it, but then I forgot about no, it. No, I, I, this is my first time hearing it, and it sounds like a light novel adaption. It is a light novel adaption. <laughs> oh, of course. Who gave Austin the pancreas part? <laughs> um, basically... Like, it's one of those, it's a drama, and it's basically just a drama, and they, it's one of those, it feels like they really try to push the emotion, but without, like, uh, try and push the emotion, but without, like, trying to give us a strong reason to connect with these characters, first, other than, like, so it's about this guy, I can't remember all the details, but this guy meets this girl who has a, um, like a chronic disease that I think is going to kill her. Let me, yeah, pancreatic disease and that her time left is finite. So she's going to like die soon. And it's all about that. And just, it feels like it goes too hard without like, actually trying to get 
yourself connected to the characters other than this one is suffering. Sad. So in a way, it's kind of like if Clannad was a movie. See, and they cut out everything I else. I actually like Clannad oh, after God. story. So no, I'm, well, I like no. I meant like if they just made it just yeah. the drama part, and they cut out all the character development. It's and like that's if them. you got the ending, the like significant parts of Clannad after story without Clannad, without the first half of Clannad after story. It's just yeah that part, and it's like frustrating. Well, boring to me. I have. Friends who like really like it. Well, a friend who really likes it, and it has it has an eight point six zero on Mal, so it's apparently well liked. But it's just not that good to me. That's how I felt about Anthem of the Heart, that Mario Kata movie she did a few years ago. Not the like autobiography was before that. Cause that was kind of the same thing where I felt like I didn't care for any of the characters, so the drama just kind of went over my head. But I always kind of felt that Mario kind of was kind of hit or miss for me. Like, there's certain things from her I really like, like, um... An- Anohana I absolutely adore, but there are a lot of her things I just that just don't resonate with me. And I kind of felt like Anthem of the Heart was one of those ones where... I would have rather had it as a TV series, because they would have developed the characters more. So, so I actually cared, but... I didn't end up caring for anybody, so I didn't end up liking the movie. Which is a shame, because I really wanted to like the movie. Yeah. I haven't seen that one, so I can't give a good comparison. Yeah, I don't remember anything from it because it just annoyed me. And I watched it years ago. (laughs) So, real quick, there was one movie that really annoyed me. And that was In This Corner of of the World or whatever. Do you remember watching that, Nick? Yeah, I was very disappointed in that. I found that one (laughs) boring, too. Because I felt... Because I thought it was going to be interesting. I was like, Mappa's doing this. It's like, I think it was like after the World War II setting. So that's the setting I really like. And then I got to it and just like, Yeah. This. And you made me sit through that with you. I'll never forgive you. <laughs> I'll never forgive you. Like, I think part of it, you know, if you compare it to like Grave of the Fireflies, that hits so hard. But I don't remember like yeah, hardly but... anything sad happening in this in this corner of the world. So yeah. kind of cuts me. I think she became like blind at the end or something or deaf. <laughs> I don't remember. Are you talking about your silent voice? Because they're those are completely different. Because your silent voice is about deaf, I and mean, you are not about to say that movie was boring and overrated. Because we were no, no, it wasn't a silent voice. Because I remember the bombshell going near them but like it it didn't have a huge impact it was like she became blind deaf or maybe lost a hand something like that yeah i I remember that now but like the fact that i didn't remember that before then shows how much it yeah honestly this movie is such a huge blank to me this movie is such a big blank to me because i didn't care about it at all yeah and it was really long, too, wasn't it? Wasn't it like two hours or over two hours? Yeah, which is kind of rare for an anime movie, unless it's a Ghibli it, movie or like a Shinkai movie. Two hours, 36 minutes. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so it's a long one, and it doesn't have much of a payoff. No, it doesn't. And it was like, people really wanted this movie, too. And I was like, oh, sweet, it's in the setting I like and all this. And then, yeah, pff, nothing. 
And there's like, like there are anime World War II movies that are really good. I I need to look this one up because I don't remember off the top of my head. But um, production ID, yeah, production ID did a couple. Like there's a letter to Mo. It's by the whoever did a letter to Momo, which is a yokai movie. Highly recommend. It's very good. Or they did another World War II. That one was sad. There's Barefoot Get, and that's depressing as all hell. We don't talk about Barefoot Get. It brings back it brings back horrors. I've never seen it. I haven't seen it either, so it's depressing. It's basically I don't remember much about it because it was I just remember like it hits you so hard. It's definitely in the same like feel the depression that Grave of the Fireflies is where after you watch it you don't want to watch it again. It came out around Grave of the Fireflies as well. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. I I think it's funny that in Japan when they aired, um, cause you, you know how like if you go to drive-ins, they show two movies. Yeah. In Japan, they did that in the actual theaters, except they chose, um, My Neighbor Tope, Totoro and Grave yeah, of the Fireflies yeah. to play back to back, and they played the happy <laughs> one first. It's like bring your kids, have fun, and then just crushes it, crushes your heart. They just like, it's a, it's like. Can you imagine that, like, being a parent and asking, asking your kid how they felt about My Neighbor Totoro? Then, like, ten minutes later, you make them watch Rare of the Fireflies just to crush them? <laughs> that's emotional manipulation. That, that's that got to be a, such a quiet car ride back, because no one's saying anything after <laughs> watching that. Yeah, pretty much. Or if the kid doesn't understand it, and then they're like, Mommy, why didn't he stop? Why did he stop moving? And then the mom just, like... It starts bawling her eyes out. <laughs> Should we uh, go to the next topic, maybe? Sure. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys watched it, but I know me and Nick did. Uh, Angel Egg. Oh, God. Okay, so this is a Mamoru Oshii movie. He wrote Ghost in the Shell. He did Pat Labor. Um, he worked on um, a lot of like early Rumiko, Rumiko Takeshi series like um, Mason Koku and the girl that's named Lum, the green-haired girl. That was her first work. And I don't remember what it's called off the top of my head, but it was, from what I know, it was really good. But Basically, this was um, Studio Dean's first animated work. I know everyone makes fun of Studio Dean, but they're actually capable of doing some things fine. That is not the CGI dragon. <laughs> From Face A Night, 2006. I don't know, but Angel's man. Eggs is, is like an art, is an art piece that I don't, uh, you need to watch like three or four times or you're never going to understand it. I'm pretty sure watching it three or four times would make me even more confused. <laughs> Like, it's just, like, it's such a Marvel animation, but it's a lot of, like, religious, like, themes that go over my head because I'm not religious at all. Yeah. It, like, you, you, it makes you question certain scenes. Like, you gotta look at this and think, what the fuck am I watching right now? Yeah. It's really <laughs> creepy, too. Like, just, like, it's very bleak. Yeah, it has this really creepy... Everyone's eyes look like they're dead inside. Yeah. Like, all the, like architecture is like really fucking creepy looking it's like if it it's like if victorian era met lovecraft and made a world that wasn't bloodborne because that's how i feel about it and it, like this dude this creepy guy just follows this girl on her egg which is supposed to be a symbolism to 
him like having a baby brother because he like stabs the egg and like a bunch of little babies come out later and like as little eggs. It's fucking weird. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I, I didn't even realize is... that those babies were came from the egg. But now that you point it out, it makes sense. And this dude's like whole mission was to break the fucking egg. Like he's like a little horny fuck. Even though he's dead inside and looks creepy as all hell. Yeah. The the weirdest thing though was like there was this whole scene of like these guys trying to catch like attack fish. Yeah, that were just silhouettes because there's nothing anymore, and it was just like weird. <laughs> like it definitely like paints like a this is definitely like a dispose dis, dystopian setting. Yeah, that word. Yeah, where, like everything's gone. Like it's just a, it's just an apocalypse. It's like you're in. Blade Runner 2049 in a way where just nothing's there. Or like Dune. It's just such a, it's just such a bleak and just suppressing role just seeing these two people just walk around it. All these weird ass things are happening around them. Yeah. Like this girl's obsessed with like fucking like those flasks that they use in like like chemistry and just filling water with it and drinking water all the time. I mean she I don't know if it's water. Yeah, whatever substance is in this world, she is always drinking out of this li- this weird flask that she finds that never seems like it's empty. It it's strange. I recommend watching it, like just to like, it's definitely something that you'll talk about because you're gonna be horrified after watching it or confused. Yeah, you're never, you're not gonna know what the fuck you you're like. What did I just watch? It's like watching End of Ava for the first time, and that's that's something else. From my experience, it's like watching End of Ava with no context. Like you just you just watch that first before even watching the series. That's what it felt like to me watching this movie. It's like if you watched Rebuild of Evangelion and then decided to watch End of Ava because you thought it, they were connected. I will be fair. It's not like Sally's motives are consistent from the end of the series to End of Ava. So. <laughs> They really, they really said, "All right, let's nuke the <laughs> angels." No, nah, let's nuke the Avas this time. End of Avas a topic for another day because we can go on about that. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of discuss about that movie, even though it's only forty-five minutes long. Is it? Shit. Yeah, because basically it was just to replace the last two episodes because everyone hated the last two episodes. Yeah, because they ran out of budget when they were doing it. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. You guys remember that scene? Yes. Where everyone's congratulating Shinji? For a while, whenever there was like somebody like getting married or somebody telling me some kind of good news, I would just send him a gif of congratulations from Ava. Congratulations. <laughs> I like the last two episodes. I... But I also like End of Ava a little bit more. I like both, but yeah, I agree with the... I mean, End of Ava starts out with a dude uh, masturbating over a comatose body. Oh, well, that scene just made me twitch. I, I hate that scene. And then yes. him fucking choking out Asuka at the end while he comes out of a, like, a vagina Ray's head. <laughs> like, imagine explaining this movie without anyone who knows nothing about anime. <laughs> like, they think you're watching, like, a fucking weird-ass hentai. It's like... 
the main character is going to get a massive power up and then is going to do absolutely nothing with it. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> oh, God. He's too busy trying to choke out the girlfriend he wants. <laughs> I have Leslie or Keenan nope. seen Angel's Egg? I have not, sadly. Well, I, I guess you two have a date then, because you two get to watch Angel's Egg soon. <laughs> but... I I don't think they're gonna watch it. <laughs> I shall watch it eventually. Oh yeah, compared to End of Ava, that that should be enough for reason to watch it. <laughs> I mean, I found it on YouTube. I can just send you guys the link after the episode. It's like watching Cat Soup, that one Yuasa, like, OVA he did, where he just decided, for half an hour, he's just gonna let everything in his mind flow, and that's what we got, I don't know what the fuck I want. This Cat Soup's fucking weird. Like, this this makes Yuasa weird, like, even more weird. And his weird is weird. Anything else you want to add, Nick, or? Yeah, we can move on to the next Okay. Topic. The final topic is the best one, and that's Gundam War in the Pocket. Which, unfortunately, only us two can talk about again. Oh, I did watch okay. the I didn't first plan it episode, this way, I will say. I'm assuming you two haven't seen it, because I don't think you, either of you have seen Gundam. <laughs> I saw the first episode, and it was pretty, um, slice Bad, of life-y. It? it gets better, trust me. It gets better six episodes in. No, I'm just kidding. Honestly, the the first like the first section of it, like the first segment, was like pretty cool. I just like when um, I just like when robot fights can like convey a sense of size, and like that opening uh fight did do that. I feel my issue with like watching Gundam now is it's kind of really dated. Yeah. You got to be used to watching older animation. It's just good, like you're just question why am I watching this? Because it look it looks bad now. Eh, I don't think it looks so bad. I think it looks like I kind of just have accepted old animation for what it is, and just yeah. Kind of... You've seen Speed Racer's animation. That's some good shit right there. <laughs> Speed Racer, the sociopath. Hell yeah. Love speed racing. I love watching like seeing random clips for where the someone's like telling him to throw the race because this person has like cancer and this money's gonna get him to like if they win the race and this money's gonna get him the surgery and he's like fuck no I want to win the race I don't care about them. <laughs> I think that's just good storytelling, Nick. I don't I don't see a problem with that. It's a, I wonder if it's just a dub and the subs actually like that too. <laughs> The dub is glorious, though. Everyone should experience Speed Racer in the dub. It's amazing. <laughs> it is indeed. <laughs> but yeah, let's let's I'm gonna veer you off of that, Nick. And instead we're gonna talk about Gotcha Force. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so, okay, so War in the Pocket isn't the first OVA series of Gundam. It takes place right before the war ends in the first in the first Gundam series. It's basically about this like they call the colonies like sides, and this is side six. And on side six, it's 
basically about the evil forces. The Xeon forces are basically on this planet. And because they found out this new Gundam called Alexander is on there. Because there's, there's a bunch of Gundams. And they want to basically nuke the side, the colony, so they, the Federation, the good guys, no longer have this weapon. However, it, most of it focuses on this little kid who's a little shit. And him trying to become friends with this one pilot from the evil side, the Xeon side, and finding out that it's like he doesn't understand what war is. Yeah. In this, like he he thinks like the he finding like uh, bullets on the ground or debris from a battle is cool, until he realizes that war is not. It's not. It's it's scary. Yeah. Like because he had a friend. Like, he saw the destruction of it finally, he, and the person that he really liked ended up getting died by his, getting killed by his best friend. It's, it's depressing. Yes. And, it, like, Gundam has always had, like, a lot of strong anti-war themes, but this one is, this one hits home a lot more than most Gundam series does, because it takes place on a place that, it's not even supposed to be in the conflict, and these people are fighting over there, because there's a, because they got permission, the other side got permission to make a base here, and they created this weapon. And these people are—you just see all this, these people dying that no, they should not die. And then, like showing the like the small scale, like people that aren't involved in the war, getting like their like the school gets blown up, and like building getting destroyed, and it's showing like how this affects like people that live here, and and how they need to get off this place. So it shows like the low scale things, like what happens to the regular people, not the war heroes, and how to like from their point of view how this war affects them. So it goes a lot farther than you expect for like a Gundam series. Yeah, would go far. I I also really like how they follow more of the Zeon side, which is like the bad guys, and they really humanized uh, at least one of them. I guess the the whole crew, they all seem kind of shady. But for me, at least, they grew on me over time. The The sad part is, is like, the the guy that he, he um, like, the little kid follows is, is the guy that ends up dying to his best friend. Yeah. Because towards the end of it, they have this whole part where he decided to run away because he felt like, why should I protect these people? I don't know these people. I, I should care more about my life. But then he decides to fight back because he realized that he can stop this. Because he gets told that if he destroys this Gundam before Christmas Day, that they will stop the attack. So he decided to try again, but the Gundam ends up being piloted by the girl he liked, which is the little kid's best friend. Hey. And, the, and the little kid didn't know that she was the pilot either of the other one until the very end. I think the best part of it, though, is the Al, which is the little kid, and uh, Bernie or Bernard. Their relationship Bernie. is really what drives it for me, especially in the early like slice-of-life moments before they start building towards the end. I think their yeah. relationship really works. It's very, like... I feel like it's really like a... Uh, a young boy with a uh, friend that he looks up to, almost like an older brother. Yeah. This is also one of the few Gundam series that take place part of this DUC timeline that you don't really need much knowledge of Gun the original series to watch. Yeah. 
You just need to know there's a war going on and the Zeon guys are the bad guys, the Federation is the good guys. You're falling around the bad guys. That's all you really need to know to watch this movie in, or OVA series. It's only six episodes. It takes like three hours to watch. Yeah. And it, it's, it's, it's fantastic. I, it's definitely one of the stronger ones in Gundam. And Gundam's ones are very hit or miss. Yes. But this one specifically was probably my favorite of the ones released that took place during the war. Yeah, I definitely really liked it. Uh, I would say that uh, it definitely, like, the ending, I feel like it definitely hit me harder than I thought it was because, like, they they kind of hinted at it leading up to it anyway. So, like, yeah. It, it was a good series. You should definitely watch it if you haven't. No, I kind of just spoiled the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought we were going to put a spoiler warning, but I'll just edit edit one in. <laughs> Spoilers. If you don't want to be spoiled for a 30-year-old anime, skip to this time. <laughs> no, it's not 30 years old. It's 25. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I thought it was in, like, 89. No, yeah, I don't know. I just it, pulled a number out. It's, yeah, it is 89. Yeah, so 31. My bad. Oh my god. Never mind then. <laughs> You're right. It's an old boy. To be fair, it doesn't look that old. 30 years of Gundam. Yeah, but I felt like a lot of the older like Gundam OVAs have really good animation. They did. Because um, Zero Wraith MS team has really good animation and so does the other one whose name I always forget. Yeah. I thought some of these were made in the 90s, honestly. They, this is the only one made in the 80s. The other ones are made in the 90s. Oh. But I think that concludes it, since I don't think Leslie or Kinnear are going to have much to add about Gundam. Nope. Well, I mean, I've seen some Gundam shows, but I've not seen uh, yeah. which one we're talking about. <laughs> I definitely recommend watching some Gundam if you... Decide ever interested in Iron Blood Orphans is a good starting place. It has an awesome opening song. I watched and that the Gundam, and the Gundam and the Gundam has a fucking pole arm. I've seen Gundam, okay? I've seen uh Iron Blooded Orphans. I've seen see it, I've seen Wing, I just haven't seen The old ones, which I understand. Yeah. Universal Century. They're kinda hard to watch. <laughs> Thunderbolt's amazing though. I definitely oh, recommend that. Because it's like animation porn and it uses a lot of jazz music. Yes. I've seen, yeah, I've seen Thunderbolt too. I actually have the uh, the limited edition import from uh, Right Stuff. That costs like $90 at yeah. least. It was definitely worth it. I definitely don't have buyer's remorse. Remorse. <laughs> I mean, you buy a lot of stupid shit though. Yeah. <laughs> But that's it for this podcast. Is Thank it? you for joining us. Well, do we have anything else to add? I don't know. I was oh, going to ask one thing that. that we, have one, we have one thing to add. Unfortunately, this is going to be Leslie's last episode with us. Yep. As she will be leaving us to do better things. Yeah. Damn. But I would like to add that she's always welcome back. Yay. Mm-hmm. Maybe when we do the Tokyo Godfathers podcast, because that, that's happening. 
Yeah. No, no. We have a tradition. We have a tradition where every year we have to watch that movie around Christmas time, and I don't know why we do it, but we've been doing it for like five years. Yep, we have to do it. <laughs> we should also bring her back for the hentai episode. Yeah, we'll bring her back for the hentai episode. Too. Hell yeah! Right. I mean, she can. She can talk about Yowie. I don't know if I'll remember it or not, but the 69th episode will be the hentai episode. We're only on like three, I think. Yeah, we're not going to remember that, Austin. Yeah, but if I say it every podcast, maybe. <laughs> but that's it for this week. Tune in next time when we talk about whatever the whatever we decide we're going to talk about, because I don't know. Did everybody hit the, the red button? Yep. Yep. Recording. Indeed. Nick, did you hit yes, it? Yes, I hit the red button. Okay, okay. <laughs>